1: It's Let's ride.
2: Time for the words that are recited before each
0: and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball.
1: What's going on, Dodgers fans? We're back. Thank you for listening to The Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fansighted. You can read Dodgers content on Dodgers Way Fansighted, as well as other MLB content. As we get rolling with the offseason, this is our second or third episode now. Uh, Today, we're going to focus on free agency, number of Dodgers out in the free agent market, preview the Rule 5 draft, which is coming up. I believe the deadline is November 15th, where the Dodgers have to lock in players for the 40 man roster cover some rumors and the latest with your Los Angeles Dodgers players. So let's get the show rolling. Talk about the free agents, number of guys out there on the market. So we'll kick it off with Tyler Anderson. The latest with Anderson is where it is. Dodgers are contemplating and leaning towards offering him the $19.65 million qualifying offer. And if you're not familiar with what a qualifying offer is, it's basically that one-year deal I just threw out. And if the player were to walk and sign with a different team, the Dodgers would be rewarded a compensation pick. So where I currently stand with Anderson is his market value is a little tricky because I've been reading numbers that he might get somewhere between three years, $54 million or less, but one year, $20 million, not bad for a player like Anderson who has $17 million in career earnings. So I'm kind of thinking he might take it, but let me pass it over to David Rosenthal. And what
2: are your thoughts on the Tyler Anderson market? You seem like he's just the kind of guy who would take that deal. Uh I think he found, obviously had a career year. I think he found a home here. And I think he's kind of similar to Chris Taylor, where if he's got a good thing going on, he doesn't really want to go anywhere else or, or chase necessarily that much more money. Uh Granted, if someone's willing to offer him $80 million, $70 million, that changes something. But if someone if his market is two years, you know, 30 or three years, 30, three years, 40 million, then I, I think he does take the qualifying offer. I think he bet on himself. It worked. Uh, but at the same time, I think he chose to come to the Dodgers to really get better and, and fine tune his craft. And I, like I said, I think him and Chris Taylor are very similar in this regard. Um, now, I'm not saying he will accept it. But if someone were to accept it, I think it would be him. So, and if he doesn't accept it, I think they still have a a decent chance to sign him.
0: What are your thoughts, Jake Reiner? I think that Tyler Anderson has a chance to be on a contender again and a real shot at another or a, a real shot at a ring. Um, And where he's never had that before. And like David was saying, he had a career year last year with the Dodgers and he's 32 right now. He's turning 33 in December. So he'll be 33 next season. And I think that, you know, taking that qualifying offer, it's nothing to sniff at. I mean, it's $19 million for a guy that really just, you know, kind of had a breakout year kind of late in his career. So. I I really think that the Dodgers uh you know will get him one way or the other whether it's with the qualifying offer or uh signing him to at least a 2 or 3 year deal. I'm fine with that. I I love Tyler Anderson. He is so dependable and he pitched the entire season, never missed a start. Um always, you know, anytime they asked him to do anything, he was he came out of the bullpen to start the season. So, he's just been he's just been terrific and so I really hope that that we can keep him. I think he will be one of the first players
1: off the board and probably will be decided before our next episode. Joey Gallo, also a free agent. Don't see him coming back. Andrew Heaney, free agent, maybe a fallback guy, but that one will probably play out a little bit longer. He was like the first name off the board last offseason. I think the offseason was two days in and he became a Dodger.
2: Wasn't that right before the lockout?
1: Yeah. Yes. Tommy Canely, free agent, not so sure where he stands in the Dodgers plans yet. They do have a pretty deep bullpen getting Daniel Hudson back, but there are some other free agents that we will be potentially losing in free agency. Chris Martin being another. And then, of course, Craig Kimbrell Um, Martin, I would like to see come back. I think he's 36. Excellent with the Dodgers, as we all know. Not sure where he stands in terms of free agency value, but I can't see him being more than maybe two years, 8 million annually, something kind of similar to what they got Hudson a year ago. Yeah. Uh, Kimbrell for sure. Goner. We, we don't want him back. Uh,
0: I wonder what the market though for Tommy Canley is because he, while he, when he was healthy, he was pretty decent. He can't stay on the field. He was injured throughout the season last year. So I would like to, if if they can get him back for cheap and kind of on another prove it deal, like I wouldn't mind having Tommy Canley in the bullpen again. I would estimate.
2: I I, I think he kind of got a raw end of the deal. You know, his his last outing potentially as a Dodger, he kind of shit his pants in the playoffs. Um, But aside from that, he was pretty good as a Dodger when he was on the field. So I would like to see him back, especially with the question mark of Blake Trinan possibly going to get the surgery in his shoulder capsule after all. So we don't know what that's going to look like. So yeah, I think I'd like to see him and Martin back honestly.
1: 100%. Yes, I think Canley 5 million annually sounds reasonable. Um I'm on board. He will be fully off the Tommy John surgery. Like that was his first season back and usually guys aren't themselves and you know, given how sharp he looks for the most part in his first season back, I think give him another year he could be a true high leverage reliever. So, I'm on board.
2: I think someone will overpay for him.
1: Someone else. We'll see. Clayton Kershaw, free agent. Latest on him is the Dodgers. Andrew Friedman-Gomes are still contemplating whether they want to give him the qualifying offer. Obviously, a year ago, we were in the same boat, and they didn't want to do it because of a couple factors. One, was he going to continue with Major League Baseball, Two, Where was he health-wise? They didn't want to put a timetable on him. Uh, kind of a different situation now where he's ended up signing for, I think one year, 17 million last season before the incentives kicked in. So close to 20 million here yet again. Um, I don't know if Kershaw is going to try to chase much more than that. So I could see the Dodgers giving him the offer and Andrew Friedman has made it clear that their biggest priority this off season is re-signing Clayton Kershaw.
0: Yeah. okay. I, I think that they kind of have to make it a priority. Um, I know we're going to talk about Justin Turner probably in a minute, but in terms of the bringing back the you know two legends, I would hundred percent go with Clayton Kershaw. Um, I, again, I don't even know if it's between those two, but I'm saying that of the two, that I would go with Kershaw. Um, yeah, it's more than likely that that they'll probably try and get him on a one year deal, although. I think it would be nice to maybe just give him one more year, two year deal, or something like that, so that it, we don't have to keep doing this every offseason. I think he still has more left in the tank than being on a year to year basis.
2: Well, he's that's by choice, you know. I think he's said he wants to take it a year to year basis, okay. and I, well, I, I do think then. this. I do think this is going to be his last hurrah. I really do. I didn't get that feeling this year. You know, there was not really talk about it at all um but the fact that he's so emphatic about coming back this year where last year we kind of saw legit hesitation kind of steers me to believe that this is his last hurrah and i can personally guarantee you it will be with the los angeles dodgers he's not going to the texas rangers they're they're 2 years away from being 2 years away he can go to dallas when he leaves the dodgers when he retires from baseball i'm tired of this narrative it's going to it's going to cycle the airwaves the entire offseason until he's signed But it's not realistic. If I'm wrong, I'll eat crow. I already said on Twitter two years ago, if he throws one pitch for another team that's not the Dodgers, I will eat a piece of printer paper and five raw stocks of broccoli live. It's not going to happen, period. He will be a Dodger. Kevin Pillar, free agent. Maybe they bring
1: him back on a minor league deal and they kind of do the cycle they did last season. Other than that, I would not guarantee him a 40-man spot. David Price, free agent. Probably should retire. If he does come back, certainly will not be with the Dodgers. Yeah, the big name, Trey Turner. The latest on him, according to Jason Stark, earlier this afternoon, Wednesday. There's a lot of rumblings out there in Philadelphia that, according to undefined sources, Trey Turner wants. So to nobody. Be a, Trey Turner wants to be a Philadelphia Philly. There's a lot of news cycle out there again, where we're not hearing Trey Turner. Um. Focused on re-signing with the Dodgers, but rather he's exploring all the best options out there. And again, here we are. He prefers being on the East Coast. And then he released a John Hamm narrated video like two days ago marketing himself to be a free agent. I don't think there were any highlights of his defense because that's
0: not a good selling point. But there were, there were. And in the in the video, there was a line that was like near the top of the video where John Hamm says, elite defense. Like <laughs> That oh is what was in the video. Well, that's hey, well, false advertising, right there.
2: I'm tired of these. Like, what? If you're gonna make that claim, name name your source. You can't just be like, "There's rumblings that he wants to go to stay on the East Coast or wants to go to Philadelphia." Say your source, or or just stop it. Okay? It's like that meme. It's like, "Where'd you where'd you hear that from?" Oh, I just made it up. You know, I I just I just don't buy it. He's gonna go where the money is. Uh, the East Coast thing was clearly uh before he got traded to the Dodgers, trying to influence uh his trade uh prior to being traded for the Dodgers so he could stay on the East Coast for that trade deadline. This is a completely different story. I don't buy it. I think he's gonna go where the money goes. And I don't frankly, I don't really see a fit in Philadelphia. They got Bryson Stott, uh their young prospect shortstop, who played pretty damn well in the playoffs. Uh yes, you could move one of them to second base, but I mean, did they did the Phillies not watch their own World Series? They kind of need some bullpen more than offense.
1: Well, Trey yeah. Turner is way better than Bryson Stott.
2: Yeah, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying you're not going to, you know, just completely. Also, did they distra- get no hit? Bryson
1: Stott. Did they not get no hit? Well, combined no hitter.
2: <laughs> yeah, their offense is What the,
0: the day after they destroyed the Astros. Their offense just went to sleep the rest of the series, pretty much. Um, I I think there is a fit in Philadelphia for Trey Turner. He goes back to the NL East. Um, The Phillies just. They're going to lose Gene Segura. So they have an opening at second base. They, they you could,
2: just chose to lose him on purpose.
0: Right. They chose to lose him. So I think there is a fit. The one thing that I'm not that I'm not seeing or hearing is the Dodgers really wanting him to come back. It seems like they're kind of done with him. Um, I, And and I'm not I'm not surprised, but um, you'd think that. You know, with with a guy that's played for you for a, a season and a half, pretty much that he would um be a top priority to to re-sign, but I I don't see any of that coming out of the Dodgers' camp. Yeah,
1: I think it's because the sides are just so far apart in terms of contract negotiations. I'm seeing numbers thrown out there where Trey could sign for eight years, two hundred ninety-six million. That's even worse than a ten-year, three hundred million dollar contract. Uh, I think the Dodgers also feel confident that if they're not able to sign um, a a number of shortstops, which we'll talk about in a second, Gavin Lux is the natural move over to shortstop. There are some question marks if his arm is strong enough to handle the position. But I think with the rule changes that are coming intact, he he has the quickness to cover shortstop. So I'm not too concerned. Uh, It's more of just a a big loss in the bat
0: presence, but uh, But here's the thing, but here's the thing. And I've said this before. The Dodgers don't need Trey Turner to make the playoffs, plain and simple. They don't need him. They just need they just need someone to play well in the playoffs. And if it's not going to be him, which he kind of has proven that the last two postseasons, he's just not brought it. And again, uh, fine, small sample size, whatever you want. But that's that's the reality. Um, They're they're going to make the playoffs with or without Trey Turner. So I think the Dodgers have the leverage and the advantage to be smart about this.
1: Well, I just view Trey Turner as basically an extended rental. He was like a blockbuster movie that you held on to for an extra couple of weeks and they didn't charge you a late fee. That's what we got out of Trey Turner. It's it's a shame that they weren't able to get a World Series with this tenure, but I think it's the end of the line. I think Trey Turner will move on elsewhere. And one of the big names out there that, that a lot of sources, um, Heyman, rosenthal among others say that the dodgers are linked to is carlos correa and this is going to be very controversial because a lot of fans are going to say oh i don't want carlos correa because of his involvement in the 2017 cheating scandal and i get that but i think it's time to just make that water under the bridge and personally i think just if it's the right deal for me personally i'd rather get correa on like a five-year high aav Deal versus the ten-year, three hundred million dollar. Because I think he's another candidate for declining defense, and maybe not shortstop long term. But yeah, he's a slight downgrade offensively, I guess, to Trey Turner. But defensively, you get an upgrade. October, you get a huge upgrade. And I think
2: That's t- I don't know about huge. I, I really don't know about huge in the postseason, big time. I'm not. So I'm not getting I on more with that. Trey's got two
1: career postseason home runs. I think maybe three. Koreas in the double digits.
0: Well, he's also played a lot more games. Correa, than, has, than... Correa has 18 postseason home runs. Trey Turner has three. How many, what's the game difference? Um, 79 game, games versus 43 games for Trey Turner.
2: All right. So, yeah, Correa has shown he's been able to do it over a long period of time. I'm just going back to what I've said on this podcast. I think playoff stats, except for a few guys, are very random and not really, you know, consistent uh i i do agree he's he's obviously shown that he's he's proven himself in the playoffs but in terms of a a huge upgrade in the playoffs i'm not willing to go that far i am i think think he is (laughs) i i mean
0: i i think that he has there's a certain attitude that you need to have for the for the postseason and he has that he has that get up mentality and the dodgers seem to have lacked that over the past two postseasons where it's just, it, it there, there's such a struggle to get up for these games and to take care of business and to just take care of the Padres. The Padres did not play all that well against the Dodgers. They just, yeah. the Dodgers just were kind of going through the motions and, I just don't think that if you add a guy like Carlos Correa to a postseason Dodgers roster, that he's going to let that happen to this team. And Trey Turner is just not that type of player. So, yeah, he may show up and, and hit well. But in terms of galvanizing your team and leading your team, I just don't see that out of Trey Turner.
2: What's so special about Hero
1: Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: I'm with you on that one. I I am. I'm just just not sure how, you know, Carlos Correa is going to fit in to this current Dodgers team. I I would—I'm totally good with them signing him. I have moved past 2017. I want the best players on the field for the Dodgers to put him in a, in a position to win a world series every year. If he, right. was on it, the, if he was on the Astros, so be it. But you know, you're, you're, if you sign him, you're going to pair him with two of the nicest, most boring people on the planet who are currently the two team leaders of this team. Uh, assuming Justin Turner is, is on his way out. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. So, you're throwing in Carlos Correa, who is the antithesis of those two guys. And I'm not sure who's going to take the reins in the playoffs. Granted, he could just do it himself uh, and kind of just usurp that role, which, frankly, I think someone needs to do. Uh, but it's going to cre- it would create a very interesting dynamic in that locker room.
0: I agree. And, and certainly there are some guys that are, you know, held over from the 2017 team. I mean, if Justin Turner stays, that's one Clayton Kershaw is another uh, Cody Bellinger. So you're going to have, you know, a little bit of an uneasy time. If, if all three of those players, Bellinger, Kershaw and Turner return to the team and you add Correa to that. But I think that he, you know, I, we there's never been any reports that he's been a bad teammate. No one said that he's no. not a, a good teammate. So I I I I too I do tend to look at that. I mean, yes, he is he is an asshole and he's kind of got that grit that you kind of want. And for me personally, and I've said this before, I've said it on this podcast, I've said it on Twitter. I'm fine with signing Carlos Correa too. I I think it's I think it's high time that we move past 2017. The Dodgers have had many opportunities since then to win titles. They've won one. So, let's just move past it. Houston just won their own, you know, you know post cheating title so whatever i think we can i think we can move forward and and if he's wearing a dodgers uniform you and you're a true Dodgers fan. You're going to root for the Dodgers, and if you and if that prevents you from rooting for the team or prevents you from going to Dodger Stadium, then maybe you need some extra help because yeah,
2: and you're I, you're kind of weird. If it does, honestly, yeah, like, let's call I, it I don't understand. I don't understand that mentality. I just like don't. I get that you hate him right now, but once he puts on your team's uniform, like it's just get on board. Okay, he becomes our guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What
0: are you gonna do? You're not gonna root for the team? I think yeah, that's it's, ridiculous. You know,
2: you can cry about it all you want, but at some point you gotta stop crying and just be a baseball fan again. One point I want to make. Carlos Correa has only played two full seasons in the last five years. He's yeah, that does under the concern radar me. injury prone. He's not, you know, catastrophically injured, but under the radar, injury prone, he hasn't stayed on the field too too often in the last five years.
0: That is the one drawback, the one thing that does concern me. Give him about a
1: 30 70 chance right now of being a Dodger. But look, if he's ready, if he's, he's ready
0: for October, se- oh, that's all. If, okay. if he's ready for October, that's all that matters to me.
2: I just, I just don't see it. I really don't. I mean, he's first of all, he's a Boris guy. Second of all, I, I just don't see it. I think it's a good pipe dream. I just, I just really don't see it. Well, well I someone's got to pay him.
0: The one thing that is attractive about Correa is the fact that. Houston offered him a qualifying offer and he turned it down. So he cannot be offered another qualifying offer. So therefore, you don't lose a comp- a compensation pick for signing him. Yeah. You can also work out a deal, a short-term, high AAV, the thing that Dodgers love to do with players. Um, and, and
2: Boris hates to do with players.
0: Right. However, Correa did sign that deal with the Twins that really wasn't anywhere near what he mm-hmm. was looking for heading into that season. And he's also the youngest of all of the free agent shortstops, the top ones out there. So um, he can afford to take a short-term deal and then get right back out on the market. If he, you know, balls out.
1: Same draft class as Corey Seager. And on that note, they'll also gain a draft pick if Trey Turner signs elsewhere, because they're definitely going to offer him the qualifying offer. Some players that the Dodgers declined their club options are include Hanser Alberto, obvious choice jimmy nelson came on this podcast
2: did not pitch in 2022 because he was i hope they bring him back i know that they declined his option but i hope they bring him back on like a smaller kind of prove it deal spring spring training invite he's what a what a delightful guy jimmy nelson is
0: yeah and 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 a good reliever too
2: yeah obviously the health is is a huge concern but I, i i hopefully they can give him a shot at least to make the team spring training or something
1: Yeah, it makes no sense to bring him back on the 40 man roster, given his health question marks. So you bring him back on a minor league deal because I don't think he's going to get any offers elsewhere unless it's a minor league contract. Danny Duffy, who didn't do a thing for the Dodgers. They got rid of him. And then the one finally, dude, the one remaining, the one remaining player, national
2: nightmare is over. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they could bring him back no, on a minor no, league deal. No. They seem this to love him. is the last time we are ever going to say his name on this podcast. He is done. <laughs> it's over. It we is can- <laughs> over.
0: Bro, y- you've broken that rule many times after you've said that. So we'll but, see. Like,
2: only to like prevent you from saying it. Oh. Like, you like basically invoked Danny Duffy. So I had to respond. But his time with a Dodger couldn't have gone worse, unfortunately for him. But it's over. No bringing him back. It's over. It's time to move on. And the last
1: player that the deadline is Thursday or Friday. One of those days, regardless, it'll be, this will be irrelevant, but Justin Turner, the Dodgers still deciding what to do with him. And what we've gotten from Friedman is a quote along the lines of saying that he hopes that we will see Justin Turner in a Dodgers uniform in Glendale this upcoming spring training this is a tough one because the Dodgers would have to pay him $16 million in 2023. And you look at his body of work, the first two seasons, and he definitely exceeded the value that they were paying him. Dreadful start this past season, but heated up, ended up finishing with a weighted run creating of 123, a 280 ish batting average, drove in plenty of Dodgers, but then was just abysmal in the playoffs. That's a huge red flag. And then against the Giants last season, he was like one for 20. So part of me, you know, thinks it'd be reasonable, reasonable to bring back Justin Turner. But on $16 million, I'm kind of scratching my head because I do not want him to be a full-time starter next season. I was already pushing for Miguel Vargas to be their third baseman this season. And obviously Justin Turner just ran away with the job and then it backfired in the playoffs. But I can't do another year of JT and Muncie as our third base platoon. I really want them to give the reins to Miguel Vargas. So I think where I'm leaning right now is that I hope the Dodgers decline his mutual, his club offer, let him become a free agent. Maybe they can bring him back on an $8 million deal, give him the 2 million buyout. So now you're paying him 10 million. Cause I just, I'll get to get into it a second. But one of the things that Freeman and Caston told the LA times
0: is it's time to get
1: younger.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I like that. And I like hearing that. Um, I think that if the Dodgers wanted to give Justin Turner that club option, they would have just done it already. I mean, if they felt that that was his value, they would have just given it to him and we wouldn't be talking about this. I think they are thinking long and hard about the buyout option that Kevin just mentioned at 2 million and then hopefully, you know, working out some type of deal. But again, it's like, You know, if you do bring him back, there has to be some discussion of what his role will be, because if if his role is to start at third base, that kind of ruins your ability to build Miguel Vargas up as sort of the future and kind of let these new guys take over for the old guard. Now, if you're able to work out a deal where uh, Justin Turner says, you know, I will play part time, come off the bench, DH when you need me to uh, platoon when you need me to. Um, that I would be a little bit more comfortable on because it, it yeah, it. I, I just to trust him again for a full season at third base. You just, you just can't do it.
2: I'm in complete agreement with both of you. I, I think you absolutely have to decline the option. There's no way you can you can pay him that because if you're paying him that, you're basically saying he's going to be the starter. Exactly. Uh, and you can't. You just can't do that. You just can't blindly. As, as much as he's done for the Dodgers and as good as he's been. It's time. It's time to give Vargas a shot, at least. Now, if you bring Turner back on like what Kevin said, seven, eight million dollars. Sure. Have him come off the bench. Have him start some games. He can DH. That's fine. Anything more than that. I'm out. Dodgers making roster moves already.
1: Adding a utility man, Luke Williams, to the team. They claimed him off waivers from the Miami Marlins. The 26 year old can play all around the diamond except catcher. He's been on the Phillies, the Giants, the Marlins, 240 career hitter, 615 career OPS, two career home runs. SoCal guy. I don't know what to expect from him, but they need the versatility. He's a right handed bat. So maybe he makes the spring training invite and we'll just go from there.
0: Wasn't he the guy? Wasn't he the guy that came up with the Phillies and just like i don't know yes. kind of flash in the pan it was some something about him right he had like he had a like clutch a big,
2: walk-off hit yeah against us i think oh I, I don't think it was against us but
0: i think i saw I w- him like, i would have remembered that
2: pain yeah i feel like i saw him play against us and like had i don't know whatever but yeah it we, was something like that
1: yeah i don't know whatever
2: i don't think we need to discuss yeah it was like yet. one
1: of his first career at bats he had a big walk-off hit welcome yeah. luke welcome yeah welcome to the team luke other big name out there that people are uh, always curious about involves Cody Bellinger. Of course, Andrew Friedman was asked what they're going to do with Cody Bellinger in 2023, said it was a great question and he still very much believes in the talent and ability. He's watched him work hard and he knows that he cares as a ball player. Uh, this is still this is this is a tough one. Because Cody Bellinger is going to be due roughly in his final year of arbitration, about $18 And he's not been good the last two, three seasons. And I personally think that the Dodgers should try to restructure his contract. He's just been terrible the last couple years. I don't think he's going to be much of a contributor with the bat. Obviously, you got the defense. But, I mean, what more is there to see at this point? Yeah, you could argue that they're getting rid of the shift. So maybe he starts to get a lot more base hits. With singles up the singles in between the first and second gap, but I I, I really would like the Dodgers to just move on from this mess already. I mean, what is there to believe in at this point?
0: I just have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that this is who he is now, or this is who this is the type of player that he is, what we've seen offensively from him um removed from the rookie of the year and MVP season that this is actually what he is. I just I just have a hard time wrapping myself. Around that idea, and I think, and we've mentioned it before, I think if he goes to another team, he's going to be a change of scenery guy. He's going to find it again. His relationship with Dave Roberts has been weird since the jump. And I I think maybe under a different manager, under a different microscope, maybe uh, for a smaller market team where the, you know, the the lights aren't as bright and the media coverage isn't as harsh. Maybe he thrives in that arena when they don't really need him. There's no spotlight on him. So um, but I don't know if I'm ready to pack it in on him yet. Just yet. I, I, I just feel like you give them an opportunity to have that contract year. You don't know what you're going to get. And again, um, the Dodgers were able to win 111 games with him playing the way he played. So they obviously didn't need him to make the playoffs, but at the same time, you, you do need him to, to perform. so, um, but I don't know. I yeah. just, I, I just can't, you I also need him to perform in the yet. playoffs
1: because they only won one playoff game. And when you have players like him in your lineup who can't do anything. No, I like, agree. More- I agree.
0: October is the only thing that matters to me at this point. Like I've said a million times. So, um, I, I don't think that letting him have one more year to see what he can do is such a bad thing.
2: I'm over it. I, I, I agree. I, I would like to see him get one more shot. Um, I don't see a benefit of really just cutting him loose for nothing. There's not going to be a strong trade market for him. Uh, Yes, you could still package him with like a Tony Gonsolin, a Tony Gonsolin and a Cody Bellinger, maybe something else for for a Pablo Lopez from Miami. That might work. However, I would like to see him get a chance to earn a starting role, not be given a starting role to earn a starting role. I just have this sinking feeling that if, if they cut him loose and he goes somewhere, he's just going to pop off because it's a contract year, and it's Cody Bellinger, and everything he does is is random and, and not scripted, and you can't really predict what he's going to do. So I, I would like to see them give him, give him at least a chance to earn a starting role, but it would not surprise me to just have him see him gone for, for nothing.
1: Yeah, if he was a great leader and was... Hyping up his teammates and all that, yeah, I'd be on board to bring him back. But it's a dead clubhouse, and he's not adding to it once one bit. Maybe if he was honda Alberto's personality and put up the season he had, okay, we'll bring him back. But he's literally—he's no, just...
2: he's, that's not fair. He's by all accounts a good teammate, and he he brings like a a lightheartedness to the team. I I don't think it's fair but, to criticize him on that. What.
1: We just had to hear you bash this team for months how they're too nice and you want assholes. And now you're saying, well, we got to keep Cody Bellinger because he's nice. I'm not
2: saying we got to keep him because he's nice. I'm just saying he's not a negative in the clubhouse. I actually think he's a positive in the clubhouse.
1: I didn't say he was a negative. I'm saying he doesn't fire his teammates up and they lacked that in October. I need some guys with passion and yeah, you cut the weak can- links. Bellinger is an obvious weak link. Let's get someone who can play with some passion and center field and hopefully that sparks up Mookie Betts and whoever the upcoming left fielder will be maybe I mean, you me. can do
2: both you can sign that guy and give Cody Bellinger a chance as well
1: and also if you give Bellinger another 18 million you're not gonna make him a bench player that's just way too much money he'll obviously be the starter by default and you have to just bet on him being that guy which clearly he's not so no
2: I mean with him, with that situation is different because they don't have a choice with that salary. But with Justin Turner, you do have a choice with that salary. So if you're going to if you're going to keep Cody Bellinger, you're you're keeping him under the guise of he may not be the starter and he may end up just getting cut. So that's the gamble they're debating. Yeah.
1: And the biggest fear I have is that they bring back Bellinger, they bring bring back Justin Turner. And now it's just the same team minus Trey Turner. That's not going to bring it, that's not going to change anything
2: with the dynamic and asshole fireness. So, well, if you give all <laughs> the young guys a, a legit chance and bring them all up, it might, but I agree.
1: Mookie Betts won the gold glove in right field. And that leads to a question coming from LCSW Dodger. After winning the gold glove, would you move Mookie Betts to a different position to accommodate Aaron Judge? I don't think no. Aaron Judge is coming to the Dodgers. Yeah, that's
2: just not happening. It's going to be the
0: Giants or Yankees. And it's probably the Giants. Having Mookie Betts play second base a couple times out of the year so that he can, you know, I don't know, rest his injuries if he has them or, or whatever the case is. I'm fine with that. But you don't move your gold glove right fielder to second base for the hell of it, especially for a guy like Aaron Judge, who I don't. He's gonna get a ridiculous contract. I mean, the Yankees are uh, the Yankees and the Giants are gonna get into some type of bidding war, and it's gonna it's gonna be a massive contract for him. And to me, I think that is a mistake. The guy is, you know, injury prone. He has a tendency to just disappear in October. I I, I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't. You're, they're gonna kick the tires, but I, I honestly I, I don't want I don't want him on the team. Yeah, the Giants said
1: they're going all in. They're going to pay him no, no matter what it takes, and I buy it because Farhan Zaidi said they favor signing Bay Area Bay Area guys, and that's what Aaron Judge is. So Aaron what Judge a to the Stupid philosophy Giants. that is. Why do you favor signing Bay Area guys? It's because you're able to get more fan base, form the fan base involved, because you're like, oh, that's the local guy. I got to support him. That's
0: the dumbest thing I've ever heard maybe in my entire life. The the Giants have a good fan base regardless, so I don't know about that.
2: The Giants have a very fair-weathered fan base. All i got to say is how do you think
1: think Justin Turner became a Dodger?
2: Well, yeah, but it's a minimum spring training invite and $500,000 salary, not a $350 million, $400 million (laughs) contract.
1: Well, Justin Justin Turner has made $100 million off the Dodgers at this point.
0: Well, he's earned it. I just hope that he re-signs
2: with the Yankees. I don't want to see him in San Francisco. I don't. I hope he signs with the Giants. I think that contract's going to be a disgrace after two years, Max. I think he's not going to be able to stay healthy. He's not going to be able to replicate this. Uh, th- does he even move Bigger the needle? Bigger ballpark. How many games did they win this year? 80? What was it? 75? The Yankees? No, the Giants.
1: Well, he's it's like just a 9 poor player, so I think he would move the
2: needle by at least no, six no, no, games. That's, see, I don't, I don't agree with, like— Technically, he added that much, but Who's... I think I think Aaron Judge adds maybe five actual wins to that Giants. The Giants team. were eighty-one and eighty-one. Stands. Yeah. Okay. So if that's they add a Aaron team. Judge, that's a playoff yeah, team. If they add Aaron Judge and keep the same team, you can even keep Rodon. Sign, Aaron, sign Carlos Rodon with Aaron Judge. I think they win eighty-six games next year. And that's a I don't playoff think he's team. He's a needle mover. It's a playoff I Really don't team. for that for that team. He's not a needle mover.
1: <laughs> just gonna ignore me. That's a playoff team. So I think it's worth it. And after what the Phillies just did. Might as well. It's a crapshoot. Apparently you can be the 60 to
2: make the world series. They're not making the world series. That team is cooked. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's that's why there, that's why there's the
1: off season.
2: And, And just for the record, they are an extremely fair weathered fan base. I've lived up here for a little over five years now when they're good. So that one year last year, they fill that stadium when they're not, it is a ghost town. They cannot, they, um, we talked about it. They were selling Dodgers stuff in Oracle Park. You guys got any events coming up? I do, Kev.
0: What are you going to do, Jake? I think I might head to Tick Pick because that's the only place where I look for all the events that I go to. Concerts, games, whatever you need.
1: That's right, Incline listeners. TickPick is a proud sponsor of this podcast and they're offering our first-time buyers an opportunity to save 10 bucks. When you purchase $49 or more over at the tick pick app, you just have to use the promo code incline in all caps. That's incline all caps. You'll save $10. Just like Jake said, you can go to concerts, watch your NFL team, go to the Pantages, see a Broadway musical theater, NBA Lakers Clippers, of course, or wherever you live, support your local team over at tick pick proud sponsor of the podcast. So thank you guys uh, let's get back into this with some listener questions. Richard Aller, too. Boyle fan. Thank you, Richard. Should the Dodgers go for a two- or three-year deal with Carlos Rodon?
2: Uh, I like him. I like the player a lot. Um, but, y- you know, the rotation as it stands right now is, I'm assuming they're going to bring Tyler Anderson and Clayton Kershaw back, is pretty left-handed heavy. Um, I would like them. Uh, I would like it in the sense that they would basically cuck the Giants out of their ace. Um, but I think if you're going to go with a, a starter, I think a right hander would probably suit this team a bit better. Uh, Rodon has also had his issues staying on the field. Dodgers are really good at signing pitchers and then having pitchers who kind of struggle to stay on the field. So again, I like the player. I wouldn't mind it at all. I just don't. I just don't really see it as a as a top fit for this roster as it stands. Yeah, he's I agree with all those. Another, he's another
1: Boris client who's going to get a hefty contract. And yeah, like David said, too many lefties. So if they're going to
2: fork he, over... He
0: feels like a, he feels like an angel to me.
2: They're not that smart. I think he'll go back no, to Chicago. No, but like I feel
0: like they would overpay for him. I feel like he's going to be a cub
1: for some reason. But um, with Rodon, I just don't really trust... With Rodon being a, a Boris client, I don't really... Trust the contract value paying off, and why not just pay Jacob Degrom, who's twice the player for twice the price? And like David said, too many lefties with Anderson potentially Kershaw Urias. So I'd rather go a different angle, to be honest. And when Rodon faced the Dodgers this season, he he didn't really impress me, to be honest. So that's where I, I, think I lean. He's gonna, I
2: think he's going to be a Yankee. A Yankee. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They need a starter. Yeah, we'll see
1: something. they need some consistent hitting that's what they, they need yeah, i was they gonna need, say they, they need, need a some lot. offense
2: yeah
1: um eric 42 underscore if you could go back in baseball history and witness a moment from the stands
0: what moment are you choosing i mean i think one of the easiest answers for this is the the Kirk gibson home run i feel like that would be such a sick moment to have a you know a ticket stub from that and a a memory from from watching that and and kind of getting your own perspective of looking for him in the the dugout and coming out on deck or you know maybe even having your transistor radio because i know a lot of the dodgers fans had that when vinny was calling the game so that i feel like that would have been a really cool moment that was my number one but i
1: have an alternative which i can you want you want to go david real quick all you take it away okay I would I want to be at Wrigley Field during game six of the 2003 NLCS when the Bartman incident happened.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. Why?
1: I I feel like chaos erupted (laughs) and to be a part of that where they're booing him on the big screen and all that. (laughs) And after the aftermath, that would be some memorable shit. Like I was at the Chase Utley slide in 2015 when he broke Ruben Todd's leg and that was insane. I can only imagine what went down during this Bartman game.
2: It's I would funny have never because... guessed that in a million years. Your number one scenario is you want to boo a fan, a poor innocent fan. I mean, you I know, respect it, but I would have never guessed that. Bartman number, really. Number
1: one is
0: Gibson, but yeah, this is my number two. Bartman really bailed out the the rest of the Cubs in in that moment because yeah, right Alex Gonzalez the shortstop had a gimme ground ball that he that he booted and nobody talks about that because of what Bartman did and you know who was also, starting you know who was starting also, that game Mark Pryor I know I know also you know are we 100% sure that Moises Alou makes that catch I don't know I mean it, it was a it was a difficult catch to make
2: it also was kind of a dick move on his part to just like immediately like point at Bartman, like just catch the ball, dude. Like just shove him. Okay, uh, so I, I guess Gibson is my answer, um, but that's kind of boring. S- Sandy Koufax's perfect game would be cool, but for most entertain entertaining moment, I would want to be sitting first row behind home plate when Tom Hallian and Terry Collins got into that shouting match when noah cindergard threw behind chase outleene got ass thrown of the ass in the jackpot the ass in the jackpot that's one of my favorite <laughs> videos ever i would love to have witnessed that in real time you just criticize mine and then that's what you give that was like well i gave, I gave 2 I, minutes i prefaced it with my real answers but in terms of like you know entertaining ones i think how can you get more entertaining than that I wonder if you could even hear that at Dodger Stadium. How about this? Well, that's what I'm saying. I would Like I have to, I have to been able to hear it.
0: Otherwise this is moot. I would have liked to be in the, in the, uh, in the stands for the, for the final out of the 2020 world series in Texas. That would have yeah. been electric.
2: Yep. That too. You, you or like Lou Gehrig speech or something. Lou <laughs> <Luke> Gehrig. <laughs> what? What? How is that a laughable answer?
0: It's a pretty legendary speech. I don't, I, I I I'm only laughing because I'm just picturing you in the <laughs> stands watching, wearing that. like a full suit and like a straw
2: hat. Like, oh, I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I think I think Lou's gonna make a speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Young
1: Jeremy, eighteen. Which Dodger would you like to hang out with on Halloween? None of them. I hate Halloween. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Andrew Heaney after he was the Dr. Pepper oh my guy. God, get out of here. Dude. I think behind the scenes, he's low key, like a chill and funny dude. And we didn't get to see a lot of him. But when he was on the mound in that NLDS game against the Padres, he displayed some
0: passion that I wish more of the Dodgers teammates would
1: exemplify.
0: So I got yeah, some he, respect for Heaney. He cleaned up Gonsolin's mess. And so uh, he gets my respect for that for sure. But who would I want to hang out with on Halloween? Um, I don't know. Cody Ballinger comes to mind. I feel like he, he could be really fun uh, to be around on Halloween.
2: I, I said, I don't want them. I don't want Halloween. All right.
1: Last question comes from Buff Raven Halloween. 401. Thoughts on the Dodgers pursuing Kodai Senga? It's a Japanese outfielder. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I think I don't know too much about him either. I think I looked up his stats. Looks like in his most recent season, he had a thousand OPS in Japan, but that's a different. It's a different league. It doesn't necessarily translate over to uh major league baseball. Um, if to be honest, if the Dodgers were to pursue a Japanese player, that's not currently in the sport. So I'm not talking about Otani. Obviously I would want them to go after a starting pitcher. I think that's where the value lies. I think, there's better success for pitchers coming over to Major League Baseball than hitters.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this guy or the Nippon League or whatever it is, so I, I'm not going to really comment here. I, I, my initial response is no, because I think there's players stateside who are proven that we could get, um, but I agree with what Kevin said. Pitching, pitching is more uh, of a sure thing in terms of uh, converting from the Japanese league.
1: So the rule five draft is coming up. The deadline to lock in your guys is November 15th. I believe this will be interesting because there are a lot of Dodgers prospects that are eligible to be in the next rule five drafts. And basically what that means is every team gets draft picks and they, they can basically poach a player from another person's farm. If they are deemed eligible for this draft, it's usually, I think it's four years. If you signed um, 19 and Five years if you signed at the age of 18 so sorry if i explained that kind of weird but let's get with let's get into the names of guys that the daughters have to add to their 40-man roster or they're eligible to be drafted diego cartaya is the obvious one they're gonna add him michael bush eligible they're gonna add him andy paget eligible they're gonna add him jose ramos borderline but they're gonna, no, add he's gonna him. be on there I'm just saying like, he's not close to making the majors anytime soon, but they're going to add him. Yeah. Um, another borderline is Carlos Duran. He's a pitcher. They're likely going to add him. He's the 19th prospect in the Dodgers farm. And then another guy on the fence who was exceptional in double A this season, Ryan Ward, he had 28 home runs. So they might add him as well. Kind of similar to what they did with James Altman a year ago. So that's six players. 40-man roster on the Dodgers is up there. It's, it's about 30 players, so if you add these six guys, we're, we're not talking about 36, leaving about four spots open. Cody Hosey is also eligible. He was drafted in the first round by the Dodgers in 2019, I think. Don't think the Dodgers are going
0: to add him. He has not yeah. lived up to the hype. Not panned out. Well, I mean, the, uh, a lot of... The guys that you just mentioned, I think, are major league ready. So it would make sense to add them to the 40-man roster because I think that, you know, by all accounts, they're going to give them a shot this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're for sure going to see Bush. I, I don't think you're going to see anybody else from that list, honestly. Um, but you, you can't risk losing Pajé, uh Cartaya, or Ramos, in my opinion. Yeah, Page no ex- would be the second one to get a look out of those four, in my opinion. Ramos and Cartaya, and you're not gonna see. I think Cartaya is more ready than Page.
1: I think Unless there's an injury, you're not gonna see him. Cartaya will start in double A, and we've seen a lot of guys go from double A to the majors pretty quick in one year. And it, this guy is <laughs> he's their number one prospect. So if he's hitting the ball, there's no reason to keep him down. And even less of a reason if he's on the forty man roster, because there won't be the excuse of, oh, we have to free up a spot to bring him up. So they got to they gotta start playing these kids. More James Altman. Uh, Michael Bush definitely got to give him as many at-bats in spring training because, he, what is he, 25? I, I can't remember. But, yeah, a lot of talent. So this is what Kasten's talking about, the youth movement. Got to get these guys in there.
0: Um, that is that is the one thing that I am really looking forward to for next year it, it, are, are seeing how those guys respond once they're given major league roster spots. I think that, you know, whatever happens with free agency, it'll happen and the Dodgers will fill out the rest of the roster, how they see fit. But that is the one thing that I am really looking forward to um, since they got since they got eliminated because it's just been. It's just I, I've just had a sour taste in my mouth since they got eliminated. And I'm almost like, God, we've got to go through another goddamn 162 to get to the playoffs to just figure out what we wh- who we are at that point. So um I'm trying to trying to give myself a little positive uh direction here. Yeah,
1: I don't expect the Daughters to sign a lot of players this offseason. I think there's gonna be a lot of moving parts maybe the the Jacob Amayas, what are they going to do with him? The Caleb Ferguson's, how do they view him? Edwin Rios, guys like that kind of on the fringe of major league triple A. They got to, they got to sure up the pitching. That's for sure. So that's what I'll continue to look, look out for. And speaking of pitching, Julio Rios is a Cy Young finalist, not looking like he'll win, but at least he got the nod for being a finalist. And then Dave Roberts finalist for manager of the year. Don't think he'll win either. Don't think he deserves it. I think he did deserve to be a finalist, but he
0: doesn't deserve to win. I mean, yeah, when you win 111 games, you know, you're you bound to get, you know, some consideration for manager of the year. But it's just, it was just so like, I don't know. It felt, it felt cringy in a way when, 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 yeah. they, when that came out, given everything that happened in the playoffs and how quickly the Dodgers died. So. Um, I know it, it's not about the postseason, but
2: yeah, the Rick Reneria Memorial Award,
0: <laughs> a guy that even also though he ne- didn't win,
2: yeah, your your made up narrative. Well, okay, he was a finalist. <laughs> he was not made up. Okay, they, he was a finalist, and then they fired like him. I, I thought said, he won it. Okay,
1: like I said, it was, it was Kevin the Mandela Cash. Mandela Effect. <laughs> like I you said, didn't say
2: was, you didn't say it was Kevin Cash at the time. I said Kevin Cash no. won two years in a row. I did no. say that. Yes, we're going to I'm going to have to review the tape on that one.
1: We were comparing cash my challenge. To Francona. Flag has been thrown. We were comparing cash to Francona and I said Kevin Cash was the reigning two time manager of the year and he wasn't going to win a third time, meaning this year.
2: I'll check the tape. I, my challenge <laughs> flag has been thrown. Yeah, but obviously
1: <laughs> I was wrong because Terry Francona outmanaged Kevin Cash in the end anyways, but yeah, my, my Le- take
2: is who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I I agree.
1: Yeah, so on that note, I've covered everything. We're up to speed with the Dodgers front, other than just one other rumor that they might be in the market for Dansby Swanson as well. And the reason being is because Dodgers fans won't have their feelings hurt if they were to sign Dansby Swanson over Carlos Correa. And they also like his defensive ability. They do view him as the best defensive shortstop in the sport. So you got to give him that credit. But again, we'll come down to money. The Braves apparently wanted to give him six years, 100 million. That's not enough, but I don't know what Swanson wants. If it's like six years hundred fifty plus million, that also might be too much. So
0: I think he stays in Atlanta ultimately. Me
2: too.
1: We'll see. Uh any other final thoughts, guys, or
2: anything. No, I mean I'm I'm I think tomorrow at two PM, I believe, is the deadline for the Justin Turner uh option decision. So I think I'd say there's like a ninety percent chance they're gonna decline it. Um, which is going to like be kind of weird as a Dodger fan, honestly. Um, but like we talked about, I think it's a necessary thing to do to, to stop, you know, going with emotion and go with what's going to win you a world series. So I think it's going to be a little jarring to see, honestly, but I still think they'll, they'll try to bring him back. I
0: think it's going to I think it's going to be a huge indicator because they they've said that they want the youth movement. They said that they want to see what the kids can do coming up from AAA and and A. So, it'll be a huge indicator what they decide with Justin Turner because if they decline that option, which I believe that they will, it will really signal that that's the direction that they're going in. So, um I think it's I think it's going to have a lot of implications. Make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast wherever
1: you get your podcast. Thank you guys so much for supporting us throughout the season and follow us on Twitter. Now anyone can be verified for eight bucks, so that's kind of weird. But everyone have a great week. You'll hear from us very soon. A couple more episodes in the bag before Thanksgiving. Got some fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned for that. Go Dodgers!